Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I sat down with my friend Neil Lumsden uh, for coffee a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about how sports has changed, how everything in sport has changed. Professional, college, even kids' sports have changed. And uh, I asked Neil to come on this program because not only is he a terrific athlete, or was a terrific athlete by his own admission, um, but he's also an expert on dealing with the business of sport and the world of sport. Neil played, of course, in the CFL for uh, the Argonauts, the Tiger Cats, for Edmonton Eskimos, as they were called, where he was Rookie of the Year in 1976 in 81, top Canadian in a Grey Cup, four-time Grey Cup champion, winning three with Edmonton, also the GM with the Tiger Cats in 1999, inductee into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. So many honors, and above and beyond all of that, you're a good guy. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a vote on that later. Yeah, well, I was wondering why you didn't pay for my coffee, but I... <laughs> I did. Oh, I offered. Did you? Oh, you did I offered. offered. Yes, you, yes, were, you uh, did. Yes, you did. You had the box out first, but next time is on me. Yeah, you waited, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Let's, hey, I may be a little bit older and not a great athlete, but I'm not silly. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Let's talk about what's happened in the world of sport. You know, we're looking at, Neil, the Masters taking place next month. Not in April, but in November. What are some of the common denominators of how COVID has changed professional college, just the sports world? Well, it's it's pretty dramatic, and it's not just one or two or three things. We could sit down over that coffee and and make lists and how it impacts every level, from pro, no matter what the sport is, down to college, no matter what the sport is. It's, you know, you, you talk about golf uh, and the and the Masters and look across the landscape of the NCAA and some of the sports that may get dropped in universities because of the lack of revenue that they were anticipating. Uh, George, I think it's George Washington University. I was just flipping through the other day and they've dropped seven sports. And some people might say, well, who cares about rowing and, and squash and tennis? Well, a lot of people do. And a lot of people, young people go to university on scholarships to play tennis and squash and row uh, and this now restricts them. And that's just a drop in the bucket with respect to how universities, the landscape, uh, North America, are going to have to adjust and deal with a huge hit that the universities are taking, and typically more so in Canada than in the U.S. The first place uh, academic institutions look is sport, whereas it's a non-essential. Uh, and we could discuss that, you know, at, at length, yeah. but... I get it, but it's uh, the impact is, is huge. And then you look down to the amateur side and all these young people that aspire to get to university, get an education, play, get recruited. Um, that is, there's a whole button that's been pushed on that too, because of, especially this year and then for years to come, because everything is just out of out around now. 
and adjusting to that is very difficult and uh, frustrating for a lot of young people. And a lot of money. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars being involved. We have these incredible stadiums that are being built, the one that the Rams have in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which has outdone Jerry Jones in Dallas. You know, nobody was supposed to be able to accomplish that. And the seasons are changed. You know, a friend of mine said, called me the other day and said, I didn't even know the Stanley Cup final was being played. Um, it's, it's all changed. Yeah, it has changed. It's funny. The first, one of the first things I thought of today when I went outside on a windy fall day was uh, kickoffs at 1 o'clock. You know, thinking about college football in Canada and, and do it. should I go to Mac and watch it? I mean, those are all these, yeah. not so much traditions, but lifestyles and habits that we're used to and, ma- and many, many others. And uh, it's tough. To, it, it, I think, you know... Tragic situations like this, and this is what I believe that's what this is, uh, will bring out the best in a lot of people and create opportunity. In the other side on the sport world, and even in the NFL, there may be some ownership groups that are saying, well, um, I don't know if I can sustain this. We make great money from television, and they do. It basically covers their overhead for players and coaches. But there's an administrative side of their business that needs to be looked at. And if you haven't got the, the wherewithal, either in another business or the business you, that you have, not everyone's in Texas and Jerry Jones, right? So uh, certain things are going to be revealed. Little cracks are going to become a lot bigger cracks when they haven't got these companies, these massive organizations, uh, haven't got the revenue that they need to maintain them. And um, it's it's uh, there are a lot of people sitting back saying, well, what are we going to do now? And the good ones will survive. And the ones that are have been a little bit fragile may fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you about race in sport. Sure. Uh, you played at every level, from junior to being a Grey Cup champion. Yeah. Uh, we look at, at, at developments in sport, uh, racial developments, statements that are made, unity among athletes, challenges of the status quo. And you also are a mainstay in the history of the now Edmonton Football Club. Correct. Put that together for us, please. Well, it's, uh, it's a slippery slope, but one that, I, I, I mean, I remember uh, very clearly as a young guy coming out of the University of Ottawa my first year in Toronto, and Toronto had brought up a bunch of players from the NCAA and guys from all walks of life. And for me... That was the first time that I was exposed to cultures from, you know, other players, where they come from, how they acted, how they handled themselves. And that's a learning process in sport in general, right? And, and that's one of the great things about sport is pressure in tough situation reveals character. And I learned more about the, the football culture in North America my first two years of pro than anyone could have ever explained to me. And then when I got to Edmonton, uh, I remember talking to guys uh, that had come up, African-American players that had come up and played in the CFL and decided to stay in Edmonton and having conversations with them and why. I said, well, I feel safer here. And I was appalled then, this is in the early 80s, that they felt, they as African-American athletes felt threatened where they grew up, where they lived, their parents, their kids. And now I, what's going on now, I just... I. It, it, I'm beside myself when I look at and hear very intelligent, very well-spoken 
young men say, oh, yeah, I go back home. I got to be careful what I, where I drive and if I got somebody in the car and if it's a nice car. And I think, really? And now this has all come out. And, you know, especially in the last four or five or six months, sadly because of the incidents that have taken place, and it all comes back, that all comes back to me about guys saying, oh, yeah, I love it in Canada. Not that there isn't issues in Canada. Don't get me wrong. I know there are. But when they felt comfortable and didn't want to go back home, that they wanted to bring their family up. You know, Eddie Jones starts his family up. Mike Wilson starts his family I mean, I could go on. Um, I was proud to be Canadian, number one, and I, I felt terrible. It just, I couldn't believe it. And, and it's, you know hasn't gotten any better. You've been asked a hundred times, maybe more, about Edmonton, the Edmonton Football Club and the, and the change in the name yeah. and how this fits into what we've just been talking about. Share some thoughts on that? Uh, you bet. I mean, you know, there was, a, there was an expression that we used, and I know you've heard it, is once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo, and that was a rallying cry of how we conducted ourselves and how we approached our profession and our community and the people around us and we're very proud of that uh, when i look when i look back now and i think of my days in edmonton and i'm sure other players after me would say the same thing that they they were an eskimo with huge pride i mean and maybe being one of the best run franchises for the longest time not in just canada but in north america the things that they would do but then i you know i hear that especially in the last little while that the Inuit community didn't like and and felt that the word Eskimo disparaged them. And that's the last thing we ever thought. We had great pride being branded an Eskimo. I mean, there there, there was nothing better. There, you didn't want to be anything else. You wanted to be an Edmonton Eskimo. And people wanted to be in our community. And we, we were proud of what we represented, who we represented, uh, outside of the football club. I understand it. I get it. Uh, I totally understand it. And, but we will always reference ourselves, because I've talked to other players, as, you know, the Edmonton Eskimos. And now it's the Edmonton Football Club, and I get it. I understand it, and that's how I will refer to them. But when we talk about ourselves uh, and, the, and the days that when we played, people still say, and will always say, oh, you were on that great Eskimo team. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. My friend, thank you for uh, for joining us on the show. Locker City Sports, right? That's you. That's me. Yep, um, and it's good to be back. I'm in Hamilton. Uh, I've left Brock, and it's nice to be back closer to home with our friends, including yourself and some guy by the name of Foxcroft, and uh, back in the golf club. And it's uh, it's, it's great to be home. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.